you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and this is a quick editor-producer performer note at the start of the show. So, Burke Granger and I have a fantastic talk. Uh, You're going to hear us here talking about what we like to scout, some people we know in the industry, um, just approaches and ways. You're going to hear me talk about things I've really never talked about on the podcast before. Burke and I had such a great talk that uh, after 48 minutes, I had stopped recording And of course, that is too much for one episode, so we're going to split it up. You're going to get to hear more about the nitty-gritty of scouting today, some guys we've liked over the years, a little bit of names to know for 2021, like Mac, Horizon League, baseball type of stuff. And then tomorrow's show, we'll talk a little bit more about guys we like in the Indian system and more scouting nitty-gritty, I'll be honest with you. But it's a really fun conversation. You're going to hear me, again, talk about stuff I've never talked about. Burke is really knowledgeable, knows his stuff, so sit back, enjoy. Part one today, part two will be our next show. Alice, this is our very special video podcast edition. We have a fantastic guest today on the show. Before we bring, well, he's already here, but before we talk about uh, why you should be excited for our guest today, I did want to quickly talk about Nick Wetgren. Uh, Avoided arbitration, $2 million contract that was right in about the middle of what people assumed uh, for him. What a solid, steady pitcher. Uh, Hard to believe the Indians got him for Jordan Milbrath, Milbrath back in the day. And uh, Marlon's loss up in the Indians gain. We'll talk about him a little bit more on Friday, digging into why that's probably one of the Indians' best trades the last few years. But uh, again, Friday, wet grin. Hopefully we'll have more news. It's been a dead zone for news. But what is not a dead zone is uh, having a great guest today. And we have Burke Granger. Uh, he is at D- still at D1 Baseball. That's right. Doing some work. And uh, 2080 as well. Uh, I feel like I've known you for at least half a decade now, um, following, talking. We had that great talk I, I mentioned on the podcast in Ohio State game, but uh, yeah. I also called you a road dog. You're someone who puts in the hours, and I appreciate that, someone who I always see traveling and going to events. And uh, Burke's one of those people I really trust uh, in terms of scouting reports and knowledge and just enjoy talking with. So I'm it's a thrill to have him on the show. And uh as you can, if you're watching the video one, you can see where his Twitter is. But if you want to get more on prospects and draft, go follow him at B U R K E G R A N G E R. So it's a great follow. Highly recommend. But uh, thanks for joining me today, Burke. I really appreciate it. Of course, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I do feel like I've known you for quite a while. Have we only met in person the one time at the Ohio state game? I feel like we've, we bumped into each other more than that. Or maybe I, I know one time I was at an Akron uh, rubber du- rubber ducks game and, and just talking with a guy there. Um, and he's like, yeah, you need, you need to talk to Jeff, Jeff Ellis. If you're big into draft, I'm like, I know Jeff. Yeah. We, we talk. So I, I, I wonder if that was Adam uh, who was, I had on the show was, earlier. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had him. Uh, I had Adam on a few weeks ago, but yeah, no, we, uh, I don't know if we ran into each other. I was telling the story about how that was kind of a funny game in retrospect. Cause um, Junie was there who I believe was the scout mm-hmm. for Trey Gant who they ended up drafting that year. So we saw, uh, we saw a player getting scouted by the, uh, the signing scout in that game uh, later on. Yeah. But yeah, that's the one I remember. I just remember sitting there 
because uh, Ohio State Stadium is weird and we're further back. And uh, I was stealing radar readings from you because my <laughs> God, was horrible that game. Uh, was it? Was it? Was that Minnesota? Was it like Lucas Gilbreth, the lefty who went to Colorado, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the Minnesota series, I believe. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking uh, for that one. But yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, Those were the good old days when we could go see see <laughs> baseball in person. Um, this this fall has been a little unusual, and just being able to, some of the places I would go check out or, or I would call in advance, um, trying to go go see players. Um, it was a mixed bag. Some places had had a lot of protocols in place where it was scouts only, and the coaches said that they had to fight tooth and nail just to get the scouts in, and media wasn't allowed. Other times, it was um, a free for all, and you you could just go in with with basically no protocol. So um, it was it's it's an odd 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 fall and an odd time for sure. Yeah, since I, I'm now up in Milwaukee, that's where I currently mm-hmm. reside. So I'm kind of like rebuilding my my Rolodex of where to connect. Uh, I was very much looking forward to the summer because the Northwoods League was going to be like 20 minutes from my door, one of the sites. So it would have been just this nice, real easy thing all summer. Of course, uh, modified and everything else. And uh, I was at the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the only D1 program in the state of Wisconsin. That's right. The Badgers do That's not have right. more in baseball. Uh, <laughs> Shame on them. Still a sore subject for me. Uh, it should be. They should. They I, Not having baseball is crazy for a program that big. But I was getting ready to go because uh, their stadium is like 15 minutes from where I work. So I had this nice little like space where I was going to do that. And uh, last spring, AJ Vukovic was like 20 minutes from work or 30 minutes from work. So I was setting that up, uh, you know, getting yeah. the information. And of course, it all fell apart. I mean, we even at my uh, the high school where I teach at, we had a kid who was uh, a PG top 500 guy. He ended up early enrolling, so I wouldn't have seen him anyways. But I had yeah. so much talent. And then it was like, yeah, nothing. You can't do any of that. And uh, yeah, I found when I have reached out to certain places, it is, yeah, sure, whatever. Or like, no, not yeah. at all. It's it's very much, I feel like, one extreme or the other. Especially with with Wisconsin Wisconsin high school baseball is nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Obviously, like you know, you have the the big names like Jared Kalanick coming out of out of there recently, mm-hmm. and then Gavin Lux. Ga- yeah, Gavin Lux. Like f- for Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, not to have a D one program is is pretty shameful. Um, I you know, as someone who covers the Big Ten for D one baseball, I don't play favorites, but I can certainly um, openly show my bias against folks that don't have a D one baseball program and. Um, and Wisconsin. yeah, I was like trying to find like Northwestern is, is still a, a hike for me. It's not as bad as like when I would be in Akron going to Ohio state, but still a bit of a hike. So mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, come on. Like, it'd be nice to have someone a little bit closer. I'm um, outside. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Horizon league is, is better than it gets credit for. Very and so. uh, I will not skip a right state performance. Cause that team is, is a, a juggernaut in that league and university of uh, Chicago, Illinois, Typically, it's another program on the rise. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably butchered the name in there somewhere. But uh, yeah, now I've went from being Mac-focused to a Horizon League-focused. And uh, But I will say, Wisconsin's uh, JUCOs and areas like that, that is uh, also a fresh, uh, strong area to mine. That uh, It is unfortunate they don't have more Division One programs, but at least their JUCO and D2 ranks are, are strong. And as you said, the high school ranks, there's at least one to two really interesting players every year. Mm-hmm. And Right around my area, being Milwaukee focused uh, seems to help me out for for once with this. Whereas in Ohio, it was always Cincinnati was where you'd go see the the top prep talent felt like. 
Yeah. Uh, you need to, I need to get you hooked up with Nick Falaris, my, my writing partner at um, my business partner at 2080 baseball and, and D one baseball. And then Patrick Ebert, who was at perfect game and is now at D one. They're both in that, that area. So you can go see games with them, but oh, that'd be fantastic. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed both of their work over the years. So would, yeah, they're They're yeah. two of the best guys uh, that I've met just, just in the industry uh, that, that I'm proud to call like friends and coworkers. So they're, they're great dudes. Um, uh, before I bother you about a few more draft guys and bother you about the Indian system in particular, Time to pay the bills very quickly on the show here. Uh, first, let's talk about our brand new sponsor. Sponsoring everything on the podcast is Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up. The pe- playoff picture is becoming clearer. And there is one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for your free account at BetOnline.ag. And use that promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Whatever you put in your account, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on top of it. Uh, with all these NFL games, with all the college games, baseball, you know, we don't have as much. Uh, I have not had a chance to go look recently, but I'm going to talk to them about seeing if they're going to do things about like, for instance, uh, the betting odds on player signing. That's things we have seen in the past. You don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Bet online. Our other sponsor is one I have talked about incessantly. That is Built Bar. My drink right now here today, uh, for those who are watching, this is one of their Built Bar uh, boosts. It's full of like vitamin A, vitamin B. It's got all the vit- letter vitamins in it. And I've talked about before, they completely changed their uh, formula on these. Their first version, I wasn't the biggest fan. These new ones, I am drinking them daily. It has become my go-to. Uh, if I don't want to have coffee after a certain point in the day, I go and I throw a boost in. I get a nice energy boost and I get all of those energy or all those vitamins that I need to get through the day. On top of that, they have fantastic tasting bars for any point in the day that are going to fill you up and give you the energy to get through the day. They just added a broth line. They added uh, Built Bar Go, which is like little packets full of uh, delicious, if you like coconut or mint in particular, those are the two flavors that I can remember, that are just nice little filling uh, protein-packed energy-filled snacks. I use Built Bar every day. I have been a consumer of Built Bar. I am spending my own money on Built Bar. And when you go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code to get, use the promo code locked on to get 20% off your order. Again, it's not just that they're a sponsor. This is a product that I honestly use every single day. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. What I was going to say is the Horizon League, one thing that benefits you and being able to see Wright State every year is even pre-pandemic because they only have like five or six six teams in the league they play like a home and home series every mm-hmm. year so uh you're you're guaranteed that right say it'll be at uh milwaukee wisconsin every year yeah. um who knows yeah. what what COVID's going to do it'll probably probably lead more conferences to do a similar type of of program when they're when they're increasing their conference schedules yeah because that was always the thing with the mac like Ball State was every other year at Kent and, you know, that's a contentious game. So it's always, I had, if you're going to that one, you have to get there early because there's a lot of people, but you know, you miss out on Ball State and you're missing out typically on some of the top prospects. And 
I would hear about a guy, and of course, that'd be the year they weren't coming uh, <laughs> to see. Yeah. So, so it is nice with the home and away, and like Wright State in general, not to spend too much time just on them, but like what they're doing with that program is kind of phenomenal because they have to take what's kind of left in the regions, which is not uncommon. I mean, Ohio State has to take second or third behind other programs yeah. and Wright is basically competing with Ohio state, but that the development and you look at, you know, Sean Murphy recently, and even someone like Peyton Burdick, who's been steadily moving up prospect ranks. Uh, a lot of credit to that program. Uh, it's great to see smaller programs coming, uh, gaining the strength like they have gained. Yeah. They get, they get a ton of local guys from that Dayton area. And, and to your point, they compete with the university of Dayton and, and Dayton itself is not a large overly large metropolitan area that supports two division one schools and, and but Wright state uh, is just churning out talent year after year. No, I do have to admit, I have some bias. My wife is from the Dayton area and my father-in-law is currently a professor at Wright state. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> I do have some connections to the, the area and the university. Uh, but basically the most exciting thing is uh, when I go to games, he's got like a fancy camera. So he gets very excited to, uh, to take some good snapshots for me to like to get to use that expensive camera. He's got like, that's, that's when I get to win the, uh, the son-in-law points is like, Hey, he's, he's with me as part of my media. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's a, it's a, if anyone else can ever pull that off, uh, I'll tell you, it goes over really well. If you can do that with your father-in-law, make him uh, a, a part of it. But yeah, it's, it's a fun league to check out. Wisconsin is uh High school baseball here, it's its a growth thing. I see a lot of that, especially in the younger uh, teaching at elementary school level and seeing a lot of the kids in those type of leagues. And then, like I said, just moving to the place where I am now, I'm at a, a school that did have a guy go and early enroll at Indiana who would have been a draft eligible pick. And um, Griffin Dorshing, who's at uh, Western Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, one of the, the Kentucky, whichever Kentucky school is in the... Um, in the horizon league like he went to school there and he won the northwoods home run crown two years ago so it is a fun thing to kind of have that i guess you know as we're talking about places we like to go things we like to see what have you seen this fall is there anyone who stood out anyone who's been fun or caught your eye or just anything <laughs> in general in terms yeah, of man, uh, I, video and the like i hate you you already know i'm sure being a guy who follows the draft but you kind of picked a bad time to leave the mac area because there's there's a lot of good mac pitchers this year uh, for the draft next year. Um, and if you roll out like the top three or four guys in this conference, I think they could go head to head in a seven game series with like with the Big Ten, you know, another another prime Midwestern collegiate program, uh, collegiate conference. So so I, I went and saw Sam Bachman at, at uh, University of Miami here. Uh, or Yeah, sorry, Miami University, not DU, but the <laughs> Miami University here in Oxford, Ohio. Um, and he's a big kid. Like he, he, he uh, I, as a freshman, he burst on the scene uh, two years ago. He was seven and one, like uh, a three point nine ERA. He was all Mac. He's he's a sturdy kid, like six one, two hundred and thirty five. And I saw him over the summer in the Grand Park uh, All Star All Star game in that collegiate league. Uh, and it looks like he's tightened up his body, his physique a little bit since then. I've talked to his coaches. They they said that he's, he's focused more on, on nutrition and he already had like a high, high motor, high, high work ethic. Um, so he's really taken advantage of his draft here. He works from like a lower slot, creates tough angles for right-handers. Um, a lot of arm side horizontal movement on the fastball. 
Um, he was 94 to 96 when I saw him. Uh, and then apparently the next weekend he, for, per track, man, he got up to 99. So I wish I could have seen that, but, uh, the slider is, is mid eighties tunnels. Well, with the fastball, it's a real put away pitch. When I saw him, he threw, he threw 11 sliders that people swung at and they missed all 11. So that th that's elite whiff rate stuff, obviously. Um, and then he, he showed a lot of feel for a changeup, which he throws with good arm speed. It's, it's a mid eighties. Um, so, so he's got that slider as a weapon against right-handers, uh, the changeup as a weapon against, against lefties. And he's pitched himself, according to the scouts that I've talked to into first round consideration with that kind of stuff. So he, he's one that especially stood out. Another is, is Luke Albright out of Kent state. Um, He's probably in that three to fifth round range, but he's a guy that I probably like a little more than the industry. Um, he again, he's another big kid. I think he's like 6'4, 225, gets downhill. Uh he's like 92 to 94 with his fastball, but can can spot it pretty well to both sides of the plate. He he's a guy who will throw uh two different curveballs, two different breaking balls. Um uh, the best is is a, like a tight mid-80s slider, and then he throws like a less consistent uh curveball high 70s curveball and he occasionally uh, struggles to stay on top of that pitch um but another guy and this is a trend i'm seeing in college baseball and mid-majors especially he's got a ton of feel for his changeup. he'll throw his change up in any count throw it full count um so when when these guys have that pitch ability in that deeping deepening arsenal uh that's gonna make um make for some uncomfortable at bats because these guys can't dig in and just sit on a fastball um because these pitchers, e even at the mid-major mid level, can come at you with four or five different pitches. I was trying to think, was Lauer the last Mac first rounder out of Kent? Probably. Because Jameson was a, Jameson. Was a top pick. Um, right? No. Well, yeah. I think I think he was a comp pick. He was Lauer a comp pick, right? the, 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 the last true first rounder. And someone can fact check us on that. Yeah, and they can um, go back and look. It, it is nice to see Kent get some bigger arms. Uh I felt like the last few years when I was there, they had just shifted to such pitchability types. And I mean, they were good pitchers and they were successful, but uh, having like a big you, kid. You were there in like the Joey Murray era, right? Uh, which one was that? Joey Murray. Joey Murray. Yeah, right uh, yeah, it was Murray. And then, uh, you know, like, was it Lat 2019 was maybe Connor Walsheimer, who was, uh, you yeah. know, more of a senior sign, but a lefty. And they were all kind of trending towards more of that 6-1. Six, six Again, I don't have the highest end velocity, you know, radar gun, but Kent, you can get right up on the field. So I felt pretty good. And most of those guys I was having, you know, topping out 87, 88, you know, very, it was a, they went for a very specific type for a time, but they had such success with guys like, I mean, Murray was a low 90s guy. And I still, I, I keep rooting for his success just because there's no reason like every time every it's one of those things i kind of like the guys where they're successful in spite of everyone being like but the stuff isn't good like it makes me think that we need to work on our evaluation like you know it's like Very it's not just so. velocity it's not it's like he can move he can zach lothar if you or yeah from xavier a few years yeah. before that same story like it's not big but there's deception and there's movements and it's there's more than velocity and there's, you know, now that we learn about spin rate, there's even more. But the the point is with those guys that I, I kind of have always loved the low velocity guys who are like, they're not going to be successful. And everyone keeps telling me you're overrating them. They're not going to be successful. And then they end up being successful. And I think there's a lot to to gain and learn from those types. I'm glad you brought up Zach Lothar because he was a guy that I went and saw 
his draft year. God, what was that? 20, 2017? The fall. Yeah, I saw year. him at Ohio State. I yeah. With Ryland Bannon, right? Was on that team. And mm. uh, a few a few guys. I mean, that was a good Xavier's program. That it's it a was. strong program, but that was a good team. So I, I was seeing him, you know, get get outs sitting at 88 to 90 with guys swinging through the fastball. And this is it wasn't before the the spin rate revolution, but it was before that information became readily available to folks like you and I. Like, so I think it was one of those where I'm writing down in my notebook that I mean that looks like a high spin fastball, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have trackman data on that to back it up. And then as he gets into the Baltimore system, I was able to corroborate that with with yeah. folks in the system. And they're like, Yep, yeah, he was an analytics guy. Um that spring our analytics guys were on him and which is why we took him when we did um and and he's he's at least the last i checked is is doing pretty well he's not hit a roadblock yet in the minors which is always impressive to me and i feels like one of those guys maybe again i'm trying to pat myself on the back too hard here where like if we had had a typical season i think he would have been in the majors this past year i think he would have gotten an opportunity with the way baltimore's trending and the bar is always lower with lefties. There's always that advantage with someone like that. But mm-hmm. I still get people when I bring him up, they're like, the stuff just isn't good enough. I'm like, it's still working. Like maybe, yep. I mean, yes, going to AAA to the majors is a huge jump, but until someone fails, I'm not going to just, I hate the writing off, um, you know, as Indians writers, we got a lot of that, not with pitching wise, but with like Kaye Tom recently where uh, he's too small. He's not fast enough. His arm is terrible. The guy just keeps hitting. And then you look at some of his trackman data where like he had above average exit velocities and launch angles and things like that. And you're like, oh, this is there's a whole part of the game that it just, you know, makes me think kind of a money ball where it's like there are players that uh, we missed out on that would have been perfect because we didn't look at the game right. And the more information we continually get, the more we find out uh, we didn't know. And I think with these smaller programs, uh, it's just going to benefit them because they're going to guys get overlooked because it's a small program and they're undersized and they don't throw hard enough. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, he's got elite spin and we need to take a second look. And I'm sure you can think of uh, many times you've seen that guy where you're like, I don't know how this is successful. And now mm-hmm. that, as you talked about, that's the component we were missing. And now here I am at the end to just kind of come back in. Like I said, a lot of fun things you could hear us talk about there that you've never really heard me discuss before. Honestly, after I turned off the mic, we talked for over another hour just talking names, approaches, things like that. A lot of fun. Uh, you'll get to hear part two of our discussion. Get to finally hear us talk about some Indians players in the second part of the show. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. And as always, for the next year, go Tribe.